0: Welcome to Ride Every Stride, episode 75.
1: Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis, a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship – and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride. And once again, I am here with Master Horseman Van Hargis. Hello, Van.
0: Hey there, Laura McClellan. How's things up in your part of the world today?
1: Well, still hot, at least as we're <laughs> recording this. We'll, we'll hope that by the time you're, the listeners are hearing it, it has cooled off some. But yeah, it, summer lasts a long time in North Texas.
0: It lasts a long time in South Texas, too. But you know what? We're going to get a little bit of reprieve from that uh, here in just a a short time. We're headed up to Canada, looking very forward to going up to the Ontario area again. More specifically, we're going to be just outside of Ontario at the Pine Notch Stables. And it's funny to me, Laura, because last year we were there about the same time of the year. And um, the folks up there were fussing. There was, oh, my goodness, man, we are so sorry, but the weather's just going to be so hot and so miserable. And if I remember correctly, it was like in the upper 70s and the lower 80s. <laughs> and, and it was just, it was an absolute blessing to Melanie and I, you know, we were up there and we were, we were just enjoying every minute of it. And granted, when you're out there working pretty hard, you can still kind of feel the heat a little bit, even in the upper 70s and the lower 80s. But by comparison to down here in Texas, where we just left a hundred plus degree weather and it has that feel like thing because of the humidity. That was up in the well, up into the triple digits. Then it was just an absolute blessing. So we're really looking forward to going back up to Canada and visiting the folks at the Pine Knot Stables and and uh, experiencing what they might consider uncomfortable heat. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> <to> doesn't, us, <laughs> he,
1: y'all. It doesn't even get. down to the upper 70s at night this time here in north texas
0: yes ma'am exactly yep Yep. so we're looking we're looking forward to that one that's for sure so i can i can relate to your your concern though about the heat up there it's it's pretty warm in texas that's for sure
1: yeah but fall is on the way and it'll be nice so yes
0: absolutely
1: just get ready for that well van what are we going to talk about today
0: well, today, Lord, we're going to talk about three things that oftentimes get in our way and interfere with things uh, that we want to do, either with our horses. You know, we, we refer to it as horsemanship and humanship. And what I really want to emphasize to people is don't let these three things get in your way of, of achieving what you want to do with both your horsemanship and your humanship. And um It's so important to me for people to realize because honestly, Laura, the number one question that I get, you know, we strongly encourage at the end of every episode, we strongly encourage people to send in their emails, their concerns, their questions. And and first of all, I'm incredibly grateful for the feedback. I love getting the Attaboy emails, which kind of that's probably our number one email with people telling us how much they appreciate the podcast or they learn a lot from this particular episode or whatever. But the, episode, the, the questions and the concerns that come in the most are almost always related to confidence issues, anxiety issues. And it, so it seems like we just keep going back to that topic or those types of topics. And, and you and I were just briefly discussing prior to us hitting the record button on this, how important that really is to people. And first of all, people just want to know that they're okay. That yeah. they're, they're normal. That, um, is, or like I think you said to me, is there something wrong with me because I'm not doing X or I'm not doing Y? Is there something wrong with me? And what I want to tell people is, is that, yes, you're normal. Everybody and anybody that doesn't is probably telling you a fib, everybody <laughs> struggles with these same things that you guys are struggling with. These people that are sending in these questions, these concerns about their confidence, their anxiety, and is there something wrong with me? That's incredibly common. I struggle with it every day, which is one of the reasons that I love doing what I do, because by me sharing what I've learned with other people is also therapy for me. Sure. So I I love sharing that stuff because it reminds me not to allow certain things to bother me or it allows me of a practice that I've learned over the years to help me get back to a more positive thought process. And, and that's the key for, I want people to realize, it's a process and it is a practice. It's an ongoing, everyday practice. The people who look like they don't have any issues or they're always thinking positively, they've probably just had more practice. And, and I'll give you an example. And it's, it's kind of part of our discussion today. And I've, I've said this before, and I don't want anybody to think I'm dogging anybody in my past, but I had a pretty tough upbringing with, with my stepfather. And I went years, even after my mom divorced my stepfather, I went years to where I hated the guy. I hated what he did to me. I hated what he did to my mom. I hated what I witnessed him doing to horses and other people. I hated that. And I hated him. And it, it was a huge burden to bear. And I didn't realize it, except for certain situations, I just felt very heavy and one day, finally, somebody told me, and actually it was my pastor. When, when I was in high school, our pastor at our, at our church said, Van, you just need to forgive. And I told him I couldn't. I just can't I just can't forgive that sort of thing. Because in my mind, I had that old cliche, forgive and forget. You know, if anybody ever told you that, Laura? Oh, mm-hmm. this is forgive and forget. It's an old cliche that we hear a lot. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how do you forget it? How do you forget it? How do you forget it? I can't forgive unless I can forget it. I can't forget it. It won't go away. I was reminded of it with so many different things that was going on through the course of a day and sometimes hundreds of times a day. I was reminded of something that I couldn't forget. Therefore, how could I forgive it? And then a wiser person told me, you don't have to forget it. In fact, don't forget it, but you do need to forgive it. And when I learned to separate those two, then I could start the practice. There's the key word the practice of forgiveness. And I was taught, I personally was taught a very simple way to do that. And it was almost like a little quick mini prayer. It was like whenever I would think of something negative about my stepfather, I would say, oh, thank you, God, for the reminder. And I choose, and I would think of something different. And I'm telling you, in the beginning, that occupied a lot of my time. I mean, I'd be on the football field and somebody would do or say something, and I'd have to say that little mini prayer right there real quick, like, oh, thank you, God, for the reminder. And I'd move on. Over time, it got to where it got easier and smoother. And I went to where I was maybe doing it hundreds of times a day to only, oh, maybe 20 or 30 times a day, and then less and less and less. And before you know it, I was no longer, that was no longer occupying my thoughts all the time. So you see, it's a practice. And even thinking positively or overcoming anxiety or whatever those issues are that make us think that we're not normal, we are normal. It's just that some people practice differently and practice more than others. And sometimes people who are really good at practice oftentimes make it look like, oh, there's something I'll never be able to do. I'll never be able to ride a horse like that. I'll never be able to hit a tennis ball like that. I'm never going to be able to, to hit a 72 in golf like that. And it's only reason those people are is because they're more practiced. One thing that I'm constantly reminded of, Laura, and I say this to people at almost every expo that I do, Is that I tell people when I'm down on that arena stage and I'm looking out to the hundreds and sometimes thousands of people that we're talking to, and I'll say, people, the only reason that I'm in here and you're out there is that I've had more practice. I've screwed up more horses than you have. That's the only thing that separates people sometimes is just the practice and the opportunity to practice. The reality is we're all normal.
1: Yeah, and 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 for all of us, these things that, that uh, and this is all the the preface to actually the topic for today. But it's that nobody ever arrives where it's a journey for all of us. Whether it's in our horsemanship or in our humanship, we're all just taking you know putting one foot in front of the other every day, and it's a little at a time. And you know, any anybody who's not struggling with some of these things. You know, is probably a psychopath and you don't want to be them anyway. So, <laughs> right. um, okay. So all of that being said, and, and with that kind of as backdrop that we all are working on these things t- to one degree or another, what are the three things that we, you wanted to talk about that we should not allow to affect either our horsemanship or our humanship? What's the first one?
0: Well, our first one is our past. We don't want our past to interfere with our present and we do not want it to adversely affect our future. Our past is just that. It's just the past. There's nothing you can do about it. So there's not a whole lot of good it does us to go back and reflect a whole lot on the past. Now, with that said, I'm not telling people, oh, just forget about the past. If you got bucked off yesterday, just forget about it and just get back on and just ride on and quit being a wuss and quit talking about it and quit using that as a crutch. I'm not saying that at all, but if you're going to Reflect back on the past. Reflect back on the past is something that can be positive for you. What were some of the things that caused that situation? And it's those things that we can learn from our past. You know, to use an old cliche, that if we don't pay attention to our history, we're destined to repeat it. So we don't. We want to learn from our past. We want to learn from our previous experiences, but we don't want to dwell there. What we want to do is just. Don't let that pass have an adverse effect on what you plan to do for the now and what you plan to do in the future. One of, one of the things that I see people do so many times is they'll they'll allow a situation with a horse, and sometimes it's a previous horse. Oh, I had a horse a long time ago that would do X, Y, and Z, and I just hated that. And it, the horse frightened me, and it scared me, and it just caused me to lose all my confidence. And then what they do by th- thinking so much about that situation then they bring all of that thought, all of that negativity, everything that they, they experienced with that horse from their past, and they bring that to the horse in their present. And then as a result of that, they start seeing some of that similar behavior. Why? Because we projected it onto the horse. All the things that we said we didn't want to occur, we were kind of a bridge to help those things occur. Why? Because we focused on them. And that kind of goes back to that old story we've said before in previous episodes, Laura, about me going and putting a cone in the arena and tell everybody, don't ride at the cone. Ride all in the arena anywhere you want to go, but whatever you do, don't ride near that cone. And yet what do people do? They focus on what they can't do. They focus on what they're not supposed to do. They're focusing on the thing that they that they don't want to do. And what do they get? Exactly what they were focusing on, which is what they don't want to do. They focused on the darn cone. They got the cone. So when we focus on our past and we dwell there, we have a tendency to invite the past into our present and invite the past uh, to interfere with what may take place in the future. So I know it's not easy, but I'm telling people that whenever they do feel the past creeping into things, think about the past of all the things that you learn from that experience and then put that toward your present and put that toward your future.
1: It's such an important lesson and such a, uh, uh, it can be a difficult thing to do if there've been a negative experience in your past and you, you know, early on in this episode, you talked a little bit about the experience with your stepfather same thing if you've had a a wreck on a horse or a bad experience with a horse or, or another horse person for that matter, that it's there, it happened. I don't think you're saying ignore it, pretend it never happened and move forward from that. But if we're looking at that all the time and letting it color what we do today, then it's going to take us in a direction we don't want to go. And so, If we say, don't do that, we're kind of almost doing the same thing we're suggesting people don't do. If we're saying, just don't let that affect your your present or don't let it affect your future. So can we replace that with maybe a positive instruction, a way to, it. and I'm trying to think of an example, say you've had a really bad wreck with a horse, you've gotten injured, you still want to ride, but you've got the fear or the lack of confidence. Maybe you had a, a spectacular meltdown at a show and you want to go ride in a show again, but you keep thinking about this horrible thing that happened at the last show you went to. You can't pretend it didn't happen. You're not going to forget it because our brains don't work that way. How would you turn the thinking around on, say, that experience, one of those experiences, either a a wreck you had, an injury that you got, or, you know, a really embarrassing experience at a show that's kind of affecting your confidence going forward? What would you say? And pick pick one of them and tell us how can we turn the thinking around so that we get the benefit of the experience without it negatively impacting what we're doing today or tomorrow?
0: Well, a good example of that right there is almost Making ourselves stay in the present. For example, every time we have that feeling of anxiety coming up, we focus on something that we can do really good right now. You see, in other words, every time uh, that negative thought comes up, oh, was that the horse show that last one You know, two months ago or two years ago or 20 years ago? And when that thought there comes up, think to yourself, oh, what a beautiful day. Man, the weather sure is good. Or bitch if you want to and say, man, the weather sucks. Because what that does, it brings you right back into the now. It gets you out of the yesterday and it brings you back into the now. But I choose to think of the good things, you know, such as rather than complaining about the weather and, and fussing about how hot it is in that particular situation, I want to get my mind thinking positively. So I'm like, oh man, my horse sure is behaving really good now. Isn't he cute today? Well, I did, I did such a great job getting him cleaned up today. In other words, all those little bitty practices are focusing on what's going on right at the moment right now, right at the moment. Now, I very rarely do this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really encourage people to go to Netflix or Prime Video or go to the internet and look it up. I don't care how they find it. Find a movie called A Peaceful Warrior. I'm not going to tell you a whole heck of a lot about it, but I really strongly encourage people to go watch that movie called A Peaceful Warrior because there's part of that movie that just makes me, it, it uh, literally, it puts me in tears every time I watch it. And I've watched this movie probably a hundred times, but there's one part of the movie to where the so-called instructor says to his student, hey, you know what? I'm going to, let's go on a journey tomorrow. Let's focus on us getting out of the training area and let's go on a journey. And, and the guess is, I think you're just going to love it. I mean, it's going to be a journey of this. It's going to be a journey of that. And, uh, and it's going to get out of the training area and back into this other part. And it's going to be something you're really going to look forward to. So as a result, what did the students start thinking about? The students started thinking about, oh, good, we're going to go on a trip. We're going to go to do such and such. And oh, within the prescribed time, the following day or whenever it was, they took off on this trip together and they conversed and they talked and they, they admired the, the scenes and everything along the way. And then the, finally, the student kind of got a little anxious, and he was like, well, so, so when are we going to get there? I mean, we've been walking for quite a long time, and, and so w- when are we finally going to get to this grand spot? And the guru-type fellow looked at him and says, well, wow, I guess we're here. And the guy says, you got to be kidding. What, so what, why would we come up here, and what are we looking at? What, what? And the guy looked down at a rock, and he says, well, like, I guess we came to see that rock or maybe the flower that's right next to the rock. And the guy was like, you got to be kidding me. Why did we take this journey and why are we looking at this darn rock? I could see in a rock some other place. I could see flowers anywhere. Why? This is a, wait a minute. A little while ago, you were looking so forward to the journey. Every step along the way, you were talking about how fun it was and you just couldn't wait and, and everything about it was good. And we talked about the beauty of the things along the way. And yet, now that you're here, you're disappointed. And you see, you hear me say this a lot of time about our horsemanship, Laura. There is no destination. It's about the journey, you see. So when we're worried about our past or we have wild, crazy expectations of what's going to take place at the end of our journey, it robs us of everything that takes place in the moment. What's going on right now? If you're afraid your horse is going to buck again, be glad that he's not doing it now. You see, in (laughs) other words, Give that sucker a big old pat on the butt and bat on the neck and, and pretend that he just won the world championship right now because he is the best walking quiet horse in the entire world right now beneath your butt and between your knees right now. You see what I mean? So rather than worrying about what happened a while back or what's going to happen up the trail, let's think about the journey that we're on right now. The horse is doing wonderful right at this moment. So that's part of my practice of staying out of the past is focusing on how good my horse is doing right at this very moment.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's a, it's a good reminder because you really can't be in two places at the same time. So if you are in this moment, then you're not dwelling back in the past because the past doesn't exist anymore anyway, except in our minds. And so I love that. Okay. So the first thing that we should, um, not let uh, impair or affect our, our um, horsemanship or our humanship is our past. And I agree with you 100%. What's number two?
0: Number two is the judgment of others. So many times I see people tell me, well, I got this horse because of this. And I got this saddle because of that. And, and we do things oftentimes because we're advised to do that because of someone else. And this might be against something we want to do. But we do it because we were advised a specific way, or we have a situation that happens, like you said earlier. Oh, you had a, at a particular horse show, and something went really heinously wrong, or whatever. And then you'll have everybody and their brother want to come up and tell you what you got to do different. Oh, you just need to jump back on that horse and just get after it. It's just you know you're being silly. You're 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 not being fair to the horse, or you're not being fair to yourself, or whatever the case may be. In other words, all this advice comes from unsolicited that we didn't really want. And then oftentimes we begin to do things because we're afraid of what others may think and what others may interject on us. So the And sometimes it's very hard to do, but we do have to protect ourselves from unsolicited advice and unsolicited things that we don't want to hear from other people and just simply don't allow that judgment and that ill advice to creep into our moment of what's going on with us right now. And, and one of the things that I think of a lot is whenever we lose someone in our life or whenever we lose a horse, for example, think of all the different ways that people deal with that. For example, many years ago, I lost one of my absolute best friends. It was one of my horse named Nick. I was going through a lot of struggles in my life. I'd raised Nick from the time he was a young colt. And um, Nick had helped me in every situation. He was a great tool for me on the ranch. I mean, I did all sorts of day work with him. He was a great horse in every aspect. Whenever I was having struggles with my personal life, I'd go to my horse and I would literally talk to the guy. And then one day, a very tragic thing happened, and and um, I came home and I found my horse dead. And I mean, all of a sudden, all the advice in the world, you just need to immediately get another horse. Just get another horse. It'll take your mind off of Nick. And then other people would say, well, you just need to go and bury him in a good place. You need to go out there where you can visit with him every day. In other words, all these people had this advice based on their experiences. They had no idea that he wasn't just another horse to me, or they had no idea that he was an incredibly dear friend to me, because those were my experiences with my horse. You see, whatever goes on in your life, those are your experiences. And I'm not saying to people to totally discount any advice anybody ever gives you. I'm just saying don't let that advice and don't let that criticism, don't let that judgment have adverse effects on the way you live your experiences. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm also saying that's not easy. But uh, but the reality is is that when we let others other judgments affect the way that we're doing certain things and negatively influence us because of that judgment, then that's going to have a very adverse effect on on our own personal successes.
1: Yeah, that that is so true, and it's so hard for some of us. I mean, coming from the perspective of a woman, you know, I, I can't speak from a, a man's point of view, but. I, I think as women we often struggle with what other people will think and how they're evaluating what we're doing and I always try to remind myself and I forget who this quote is attributed to but the the whole idea of you'd worry a lot less about what other people think of you if you realized how seldom they do you know most <laughs> you know yeah uh, so often we create problems for ourselves not because of what other people think but because of what we think they think. And maybe they're not thinking that at all, but we can get ourselves in this loop of of I, well, I want to do this thing with my horse, but what will, you know, what will my stablemates think, or what will the, the people at this show think? or whatever? And really, really, they're not thinking about it at all. right. And this is something I I have struggled with you, and know, I've talked about this in the past that I I have a really hard time, I have missed out on a lot of opportunities because I wouldn't try because I hate to do things badly where other people can see because I worry about how they're going to judge me. And and so I would just not try because I don't want to do it badly and have people laugh at me or think that I'm stupid for trying or whatever. And I know I'm not the only person that struggles with this because I've had conversations with other people who've been in that same situation. And that's to me, that's exactly what you're talking about here, that we we we're I'm allowing in that kind of situation. I'm allowing other people's opinion or what I think their opinion might be to govern what I will do or even try.
0: That's exactly right. And, you know, and part of that, too, Laura, is going to these are these two are going to tie in together about the, the, the number three one. But so many times we allow people's judgments to be our wall that we will not move beyond. Mm. We, 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 we may have a dream. We have, may have an idea. And we want to go do something. And, we, and somebody else is going to interject and say, oh, well, you can't do that. And before you know it, we believe that we can't do that because of that person's judgment and or opinion. And before you know it, our opinion of ourselves and what we think we can do becomes very limited because of what the other person's judgment is. And oftentimes what we don't realize is, is that this person isn't really thinking about you at this stage when they're telling you that you can't do something. What they're thinking about and what they're really projecting onto you is their own personal limitations. Mm-hmm. That's their problem, not yours. So what we have to do is just don't let that come into you. And I'm not saying be disrespectful when people are starting to interject things like that or tell you what you can and can't do. I'm not saying be disrespectful, put your fingers in your ears and yell, blah, 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 whatever, until they go away. But, but just be very polite with that and whatever. And as soon as they say something negatively, interject something positively back into your mind. And again, that goes back to the practice aspect of it. But that leads us up to number three. And number three to me is this, do not allow yourself to be restricted in your beliefs. And what I mean by that is this, is that if there's something that you want to do, if there's something you want to achieve, believe that you can. There's absolutely nothing. And I know that's so hard for people to believe, and even myself, that there's absolutely nothing that we cannot achieve if we truly believe, if we believe that we can, if we believe that we will, then guess what happens? We begin to start creating ways for that to happen. And and it's just it's just the way the human body works, It's the way the human mind works, that whenever we see something and we focus on it, things will start taking place over time that gets us to where we're focusing. So when we when we limit our beliefs because we don't believe we can do something, and then guess what? You you can't. There's an old quote, too, I like, too. It says, whether uh, you can or you can't, or re- no, really rather- Right. Yeah, there you go. Say that, Laura.
1: If you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right.
0: Yes. Either way, you're, you're right. Yeah. Yes. And that is so true. So we, if if there is something out there that we truly want and that we really want to achieve, and I don't care if it's something as simple as, oh, an old Laura McClellan thing. You know what, man? I would just love to lope around the arena carefree. And what I wanted you to do is see yourself loping around the arena carefree with your hair blowing in the wind, that big, huge smile on your face. Because if you can believe that and you actually begin, you believe it enough that you can almost see yourself doing it. And before you know it, you're going to figure out a way to do it. So I tell people, don't limit your beliefs. Believe in the unlimited. Because if you have those unlimited beliefs, you will figure out a way to achieve that in which you really want to achieve. But you can't restrict that from your your own personal beliefs. We have to believe in that. I'd like to ask the audience and the listeners too at this stage, do you really believe in positive thinking? And and, and if you really believe in positive thinking, there's another little spinoff to that. And I don't want people to think I'm some sort of weird little guru thing here, but There, there is a thing that has been proven over and over and over again about what they call the law of attraction, that we get what we focus on. And so if you use that and you use that correctly, it's just absolutely amazing how the things in your life that you want the most, you will begin to attract those things. And I don't know how it works. Nobody can ever really explain how it works but that to me is proof that the that the human brain the human spirit has such a way of connecting with everything that's around us that we begin to see and experience those things in which we focus on the most and there's a there's a, a boatload of books and videos and all sorts of stuff out there that that uh, that address that and just from my own personal experiences Laura I have to tell you that that is so true but that practice of positive thinking and that practice of thinking in terms of those beliefs can really happen is just that. It's a practice. So we really do have to work on that and practice on that so that we can realize those things that we want to achieve the most in our lives and with our horses.
1: Well, and the challenge here is most of the time, the limiting beliefs that we're operating under, we're not even aware of. We're not, you know, consciously aware of if if it's something like, you know, you may have a belief, you know, on a professional level that this is of of the maximum amount of money you could earn in a year. And you haven't really thought about it. You just, it's just, you just know that I could never make more than X dollars in a year. That is a limiting belief that you have imposed on yourself. For me, it might be, you know, something related. If, if we wanted to talk about horsemanship, I could never, I could never compete in a, a big horse show. That's just, I don't have the skill. I don't have the, you know, all these reasons. I, that's just a, a limiting belief that the best I could do would may, maybe be some little local thing if I wanted to do that. I have developed this belief and it limits what I can accomplish. And I may not even consciously be thinking of it. It's, somebody has said, I want to say it was probably, you know, I've talked about the, the, this, coach a, w- a woman named Brooke Castillo who says a belief is just a thought you keep on thinking yes and i think that's so valuable for us to to keep in mind that we control the thoughts we have we we can't maybe control every thought that wanders through our brain but we can we can control which ones we focus on and the more you think a thought the more entrenched it becomes in your mind as a belief and We really need to become more conscious, I think, of what those thoughts are that we're thinking, what those beliefs are that are limiting us in what we're trying to accomplish in life. I, you know, I, I smile when you, you were saying earlier that there's literally nothing that's impossible if we believe we can accomplish it. And of course, for me as a, a woman of a certain age, you know, who's, who's five foot three and a half the thing that comes to my mind is no matter how much I believe it, I will never be an NFL quarterback.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, Laura. That's probably true. And, <laughs> and I can't see you being, uh, winning one of those NBA dunking contests either. Uh, so
1: probably I, not. So I mean, <laughs> but that's, you know, those are the kind of things that our minds go to when somebody says anything's possible, if we believe in it, the, those sort of ridiculous, silly things. But I could, you know, I could do certain things with my horse, even though I am a woman of a certain age who's only five foot three. Right. Rather than you
0: you could, you could win a major horse show. Yeah. And it, may not, and it may not be tomorrow, but you could do it. Yeah. There, there, there's, there are no limitations when it comes to that. Therefore, if you really believed in it, and then if you really focused on that's what you want to do, before you know it you'd start taking little bitty processes and steps to learn more about it and to to practice certain things and to to do certain things to get you to where you're going to be at that spot you'll even figure out a way to either own a horse lease a horse or borrow a horse that will help you achieve that goal yeah if, if you truly believe that it's it's possible and um, and that's the whole point of this number three was just open your mind up to believe that you can. And I want to, just kind of in closing, I want to interject something on that number three about, well, how, because that's always people's deal. How, well, there's, there's literally billions of ways how to do certain things, which is why I always tell everybody it depends (laughs) because there's thousands of different ways to do the how. The most important thing is to understand why you're doing it. Why is it that you want to achieve that? Why is it that you want to do this? Is it, do you just want that experience? In other words, whatever your ha- your why is, that is yours and yours personally. But I'm gonna share one thing that I know works for me and I know it's worked for thousands of other people and it works for people that, that I tend to visit with and, and talk about a lot. And believe it or not, it's gratitude. It's gratefulness. It's, it's looking at everything that we're doing and everything that we have as a gift. And once we begin to think focus on something we want to do. Let's say, for example, when, when you very first came to me and you said, Van, I, I really want to lope a horse around without fear. I want to just ride around in the arena. And I just want to, I want to have that feeling that I had when I was a kid. And I want to have that feeling that I've envisioned over the years of just loping in the arena with the hair blowing through my, my or the wind blowing through my hair without being deathly afraid. Yeah. And I, I immediately heard that and I thought, oh, that's achievable. We can do that. So as we begin to focus on that, what would be a good way for other people to practice is that we'll be grateful that you have that opportunity. Be grateful that you found my name in uh, Horse and Rider magazine. Be grateful that we came together. Be grateful that there was an opportunity for you to sit there and do nothing more than just brush on Scooter and then be grateful that you were able to get him saddled. Be grateful that you were able to climb up in the saddle and be grateful that over time you began to even ride him more comfortably. Be grateful that you could walk him. Be great, in other words, people get where I'm going with this. Be grateful for all those little bitty moments because why in the hell would you be blessed with a big giant moment if you weren't grateful for all the little bitty moments? So what we have to realize is is that everything that leads to where we think we want to go is an absolute gift. And when we can be grateful for those gifts, it makes those other ones easier to come by. And even if you just think about it in a practical sense for yourself, I mean, you know, you give a guy a dollar and the guy just snatches it out of your hand because he shows absolutely no gratitude or no gratefulness whatsoever. How likely are you to give that guy another dollar? You might give somebody else a dollar, but probably not that guy. So I, I kind of look at that as coming from us from God and coming at us from the universe that whenever we are incredibly and honestly grateful for every little bitty thing that we get, it makes it much easier for us to receive and be given that next gift. So when people ask me, well, how do you do that? How do you get your mind thinking on taking away those limited beliefs? And when how do you get your way of thinking toward the unlimited? And that's being grateful for Every little bitty gift that's given, mm-hmm. and as a result, before you know it, I'm loping in the arena with the hair blow or with the wind blowing through my hair with a big giant smile on my face, and the last thing I'm concerned about is a train wreck. I'm enjoying the moment, mm-hmm. so we had to be grateful for all those little bitty moments that led to the big one.
1: yeah, that is so true, and it's it's a a matter of training our minds. You know, we think about training horses and all that sort of thing, but but the first place we start is with training our minds. And if I, I, I think on this issue of limiting beliefs, it starts with being conscious that you actually are limiting yourself, and then choosing to replace that belief with one that serves you. Um, yes, choosing what to think about. And in, in your the example you're giving or the advice you're giving, I think is to replace that that the negative thought that underlies the limiting belief, replace that negative thought with a positive thought of gratitude for this moment, for even, you know, you can find something to be grateful for, even in a, you know, going back to your, your number one on the list, even in some experience in your past that could be that was negative at the time look for something in it to be grateful for. You didn't die. That could be one, you know, you're still alive, whatever it is. But that's, that's that process of training our minds to, to not dwell in the past, to not uh, let other people's opinions and judgments direct our every moment and to, to not limit ourselves in the things that we can accomplish to, to learn, to see the possibility of accomplishing whatever that thing is that you're dreaming of, whether it's in your horsemanship or in life in general. Um, while I'll never be an NFL quarterback, there are lots of things I can do if I, if I believe I can.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's that's
1: true for everybody. Um, Right. So I love that. So, so three things not to, this has gotten a little philosophical van.
0: (laughs) Well, but you know, it's the thing is that people want success with their horses, right? Yeah, Yeah. But yet, it's those life lessons, and we apply the that common sense approach to everything in our life to our horsemanship stuff. And when we do that, and for example, i will you know I'll go back to you again. I keep thinking of when you very first come to me, and I it, I it drove me nuts when I would hear you say, "Well, I can't," and I'm and you had absolutely zero credibility with me when you said the words, "I can't." Not that. You know that not that I can't wasn't a realization to you at the time because I don't think you really thought that you could in some ways. But down deep, I thought you don't have any credibility coming to me when the word you can't because I had already known your story. You had already shared with me all the things that you have done and all the hardships that you overcame and all the struggles that you went through and all the obstacles that most people are never faced with. And yet you you got by all of those. And you still achieved what most people couldn't begin to imagine achieving. So I'm sitting there thinking, how can the hell can this lady tell me that she can't? Baloney. She's already done more stuff than what most people could ever do with more obstacles and more things standing in her way. Therefore, the little bitty simple thing that that you wanted to do, which is just mope a horse around in the arena compared to going to law school with five kids on your side <laughs> and a lot of other things that you overcome too, I'm thinking... How in the heck could she say that? You see, so in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, there is no limitation to what she can do if you just believe it. And that was the rewarding thing for me was watching how, uh, how you transition that. And that so many times what we have to do is we go through that process. We have to go through the process of getting out of the past, getting Like you said before, um, getting out of the past, not letting the judgment and the concerns of others affect us negatively. And then the other thing is, is that don't limit our beliefs. Believe that you can do things. And then as a result of that, you begin to apply those things to whatever it is that you want to apply to. So, yeah, it may count somewhat philosophical, but it's amazing to me that when we take those everyday issues, and we apply it to those things that we want to achieve and want to do with our horses, then it starts making, a, uh, making sense to us. And like I told you before, when we very first started, uh, before we started recording, what I like about doing things with the horses is that I can now practice all of those things. And with my horse, I get an immediate feedback. And I get immediate, honest feedback. Because horses don't have the baggage and all the other stuff that us humans do. Therefore, when we practice something with them, we see an almost immediate response. And it's always an honest response because they don't have the baggage. They don't have the reasons and the motives to do certain things because they don't live in the past. They don't live with the judgments. And so anything you present to them in their mind, okay, I'll try it. So that gives us an opportunity to practice that, which always goes back to my philosophy that horsemanship is an opportunity to practice humanship every day. So there's why I think a lot of times we continue going back toward the so-called philosophical type stuff in regard to our horsemanship is because I do see that interlink all the time, every day. That horsemanship is an opportunity to practice humanship.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I and I, I don't say it's philosophical in a bad sense because I think it's it's so important. This is really kind of foundational to all the stuff we do with our horses and, you know, the, the other, the other things that we talk about on the show, the the advice you give on tack and on, you know, various techniques for training and stuff, those are all important, but none of it's going to work if we can't get past this stuff.
0: Exactly. Yes, ma'am.
1: So, yes, ma'am. So I would, I would love to, I don't usually ask for myself, but I would love to hear some feedback from the listeners on this the stuff we've talked about here. Is this helpful to you? Do uh, do you have questions that maybe Van could address in future episodes about – how to apply all of this? How to, you know, take learn the lessons from your past without letting them impair your your present. Uh, getting past other people's opinions. How do you how do you learn from what other people can teach you without letting it hold you back uh, and and paralyze you? So w- we'd love to get your feedback on this. You can, as always, share that in a couple different ways. Post in the uh, Van Hargis Horsemanship Facebook page, or. Email your comments or questions to Van at info at vanhargis.com. And, and Van, I, I would love to hear if you hear from listeners about this episode, I'd love to hear what they have to say.
0: I, I would too, Lauren. I love it when people do respond back with these things because it, it gives us a, a oftentimes a reason to go even deeper into some of these issues. And I want the listeners to know that we always hear you. And, uh, and I absolutely love it when you, when you respond back with these because uh, I promise, I've, even though I've been in the horse industry since I was a little kid, most of these things that people are concerned about are things that I've experienced myself, and which is why it's so dear to me to be able to share my experiences with other people. And then sometimes it may be a little bit different in some ways, and it's very personal to the, to the listeners. So in my case, I just want to hear it mm-hmm. because if I can hear that and we can relay that to somebody else, even to myself or to others, then that's oftentimes the, the best way to overcome certain obstacles is to share them with others and to get other input. So yeah, I would absolutely love it if people give give uh, feedback to these and let us know what you think about these philosophical type episodes versus the more practical episodes.
1: Okay. So anything, uh, any announcements or anything you wanted to mention before we wrap up, Van?
0: I would love to invite everybody, again, to go to our website. Keep in mind the different clinics and uh, uh, appearances we've got coming up. Uh, Ontario, Canada, the Pine Notch stables, we're going to be there in just a really short time by the time this episode releases. Immediately following that, we are coming back for a very short time to North Texas and and doing a thing up there at our alma mater, which is uh, Texas A&M Commerce at the equine program there. A one-day clinic there and kind of an introduction as to our involvement with the with the uh, Texas A&M Commerce Equine Programs uh, Scholarship Fund that we're going to be doing. And of course, after that, we're headed back to Tennessee to do a ranch horse versatility clinic there. That's going to involve uh, ranch riding, ranch uh, trail, ranch cutting, and working ranch horse. So going to be a pretty detailed clinic there. We want people to be sure and check out our website for more details on all three of those. Also, Laura, I would like for people to visit our website and check out Equirax, which is the company that, that, Honestly, we couldn't organize our tack room and the things that we do if it weren't for the company that makes these racks and things for our saddles, our head stalls, our saddle blankets, our saddle pads. Everything in our tack room now is organized uh, incredibly well, thanks to the organization called Equiracks. It's phenomenal, the quality of of what they do and how well organized they are in their products. And I think on a previous episode, we talked a little bit about uh, the Snodgrass Equipment Company that. It's amazing to me, Laura, that how many times when something is gone, we truly miss it. You know, like the old cliche, you don't miss a glass of water until it's, until it's gone. Snodgrass Equipment makes a piece of equipment called ArenaWorks, which is an arena drag. And I went for years using that thing and just honestly took it for granted until somebody took it from me. I, I, it was stolen from my property and uh, didn't realize how important that piece of equipment was to me until it was gone. And... Um, Uh, Mr. Snodgrass, Randy Snodgrass with Snodgrass Equipment Company, learned of that. And when he learned of it, he sent me another Arena Works. And I just thought that was such a great blessing for me. So I want to give them a big shout out and say to people to please go by and visit our website. Click on there uh, and and go and check out Snodgrass Equipment Company for those Arena Works. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful for those companies that helped me do my job even better. They help me do my job because I believe in their products and I believe in their companies. Uh, and those companies are oftentimes ran by just incredible good people. And I like personally doing business with good people and good companies. And of course, all I want to end by saying an absolute thank you to you for always being such a good and gracious co-host. You are probably the the key factor that makes uh, Ride Over Stride work. And, and I know that because people are always telling me how much they enjoy having you on the show and doing what you do for us because you make it. You make it go so seamlessly, and we really appreciate that. And of course, the biggest thanks goes out to our listeners, because without them, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing, and I wouldn't be able to fill what I refer to as my peace and passion if it weren't for the listeners giving me the opportunity to do that. So with that said, I'd like to say thank you and remember that it's your ride, it's your trail, it's your journey, so ride every stride.